Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from Estopin All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to the Vamos Morados podcast. It's a special edition. We're going to do our racing Louisville season kickoff episode. We got a special guest with us today, too. It's Casey Whitfield. Casey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Very Thanks for excited. coming on. Yeah, we're very excited to talk about racing with the uh, start of the regular season about to kick off. And, uh, and thankfully, we got a little bit of uh, preseason action we got to watch kind of see what we're dealing with the squad so a lot that did to digest with the team especially when it comes to comparing this season to to last season i'm so, feeling a lot better about this season than last season at the start right. yeah yeah a lot of a lot of positives so i guess i want to start off casey kind of holistically what was your your impressions of the team's performance throughout the challenge cup was were they kind of exceeding what you were thinking they'd be about where you thought they'd be or, or were they underperforming? I mean, I'd say it's about where I thought they would be. I think we have a lot of new additions, a lot of new faces. And I think this is, that was the perfect time to kind of get those players acclimated. Some of them were making their professional debuts. And so it was really cool to get to see that. I was, um, excited though I think there's a lot of potential with this team more so than I saw last season I think that some of the players we brought in are going to be very good we just have to figure out what's going to be the best lineup to suit these players and what's going to be the best style of play that's going to make everybody on the field successful the midfield depth for me especially I think is way up in the air there's like several different combinations of midfielders. I think they could legitimately play. And I'm curious to see how that works out yeah, as the much, season goes on. Much more depth than we, uh, than we had there last year, for sure. Now it looks like um, if you, if you, at least if you trust the formations that they have on football references that um, racing global kind of did a four, three, three or four, two, three, one, do you kind of, I guess, are we assuming that that's going to be the, the shape going forward? Also kind of keeping in mind that we have additions or injuries kind of coming back into the fold in the future. I think as of right now, I think that'll be the starting formation would be kind of a four, two, three, one, or the four, three, three formation. I do think that playing a three back could suit racing really well, especially when you have a player like Emily Fox putting her kind of as that, defender midfielder type player where they're that wing player because she does such a good job getting up and back on the field that I think that could be a big threat for us but I don't think we have a player to match her on the other side so while we have about half of that formation done I don't think we have another player to match on the other side and then I still don't think we have the back three situated I obviously think it would be you know have Jibba Bonner at the center but I still I'm a little iffy with some of our other defenders on who I think are the best combination in the back there. 
but I do think going forward, it will probably stay with the four, or, yeah, the four, three, three. I would also, I think down the road, we got some talented forwards out there. What about trying a two front? You know, maybe spicing it up a little bit down the road too, because we have some really good forwards. So I think, you know, th- we, th- there's so many possibilities with this team. Mm-hmm. You actually kind of touched on that. Well, one of the questions I want to ask about, and you talked to, um, when you're talking about the back three with, with Emily Fox, I guess the impending arrival of Rebecca Holloway is really going to open up a lot of flexibility and options for, for coach Kim. Um, it, and it seems like, and we saw this in one of the Chicago matches where Emily uh, switched sides. So when you kind of talk about the back three, is it possible that Rebecca Holloway slots in on the left and Fox pivots over on the right? Yeah, I, I'm excited to see Rebecca Holloway a little bit. Um, I mean, she's got seven caps with the Northern Ireland squad. She's left-footed, too. And so that's a huge asset to be able mm-hmm. to have. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's kind of crazy to think about. Like, we already have a lot of new pieces, but we still have – we know of her and Alex Chidiak that are still kind of on the ray. Am I forgetting anybody else that is in transit, or is it just those two at the moment? Those are the only two we're I believe it's on. just those two. Okay, that's yeah. what I thought, yeah. It's hard to keep up with all these moves sometimes, but it's – it's it's pretty I think that's pretty awesome for us to have because I think they're gonna definitely be starting caliber players. If they're not starting, definitely fighting for one of those roles. I completely agree with that. So very cool. So um now I guess from what you saw in the challenge cup, any um did any particular players stand out, whether it's from growth from from last season to this season or new additions to the squad? Anybody really jump off the page to you? I mean, obviously, Jimmy Bonner and Emily Fox from last season were complete stellar standouts, and they're expected to be. They're both phenomenal players. Two of the newer signings that really stood out to me were Jalen Howell. Uh, she's a two-time Herman Trophy winner, and I just really like the way she plays. I think the first two, first game especially, she was very nervous, and yeah. it reflected in her play. She was not very good, and my family was like, I thought she said she was supposed to be good. Like she's been awful. <laughs> I was like, no, I promise. Like she's really good. Like I, she's, she's going to be great. And I think as she got comfortable out there and she was kind of able to feel the field, get used to the players, get used to, you know, her touch out there again, we really got to see her shine. And then her getting the goal last game, I mean, it was a, it was a great finish. Mm-hmm. And then the other one I'm super excited about is Kristen Davis. I like her a whole lot. I think she brings a true wing player which is something that we haven't had. And it's an area where I think that we have really lacked in. We have tried to kind of plug and chug players out of the league, but none of them have been a true fit. And so far, I think she has come on. She's been aggressive offensively. She's got speed. She does really well staying wide and getting down that sideline. And so I've been very impressed with her too. Awesome. Now, um, (laughs) when you're talking about Jalen and her start, like sometimes we forget like how young these kids are and like how like, bizarre like not bizarre how intimidating of a setting this can be like playing in your yes. like first professional match like sometimes I just have to step back and like remind myself of that even when it's like just a few games and like it probably takes a little bit to to like adjust to that it's one thing to play well, with between, these players in practice but another to step on like the pitch for game day well that and then you know playing at Lynn Family Stadium I mean, yes, she's played at Florida State. It was a big college. I'm sure she played at some really good stadiums in college, but nothing compares 
to Lim's family stadium. And so that walking out on that field, seeing all the fans, hearing all of the chants, you know, all of that, that's intimidating too. And then mm -hmm. having the pressure that she had, she was the number two draft pick. That's a lot of pressure. You're trying yeah. to represent your, your nation too, earning your spot for the national team. That's a lot of pressure. And then you're thrown into the starting role. That's a lot of pressure for this brand new to the NWSL player. And so it's expected that when they come out, they're going to be nervous. I would be like completely shocked if they weren't because then they're not really human because it shows that they care and they really want to do well. Yeah. It's, I guess I was, I was thinking about that recently with uh, Barcelona had women's have, have started playing like their champions league games at camp. No, camp. No, camp. No way. No way. No, I, I think and I was just thinking about like how, like, I mean, they've been crushing everyone, so it doesn't seem to affect them, but like how, how big of a change that must be going from playing in front of, in like a 6,000 seat stadium at the training facility to like going straight to sold out, like 90,000 person full <laughs> stadium. Like that has to, I mean, I, I guess maybe like once the ball goes into play, you just like focus on the field. But I feel like that's got to, like, get to you if you've never played in front of that many people before. Oh, it definitely the, is intimidating. Yeah, yeah, with all the chanting, and I'm sure, you know, they, they, like the whistling and all that, like with 90-some-odd thousand people. Like the, I can't imagine that. These pictures were insane. Uh, it was really cool. I, I wanted to mention, I guess, players that, that like, we've taken note of. I, I wanted to mention Lauren Malay because I feel like I kind of maybe took her for granted all of last season. Like I think she played the most minutes maybe on the roster last season or was close to it. She was the um, only player to play in all 24 games. Yeah. Uh, and I think she has had it. She had an extremely good challenge cup and, and I think really showed improvement over last season. And like, I definitely noticed her a lot more. I think she's really like coming into her own on the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely one of those unsung heroes. I, I also I thought that um, Amina Ekic really took a a step up in her her game this season. She's been really um impactful, and I've also been like really impressed with Julia Lester on, on the back line as well. I know she didn't have as great of a time um, against was it the Chicago Houston. match Houston? Thank you. Uh, but aside from that, she had been pretty pretty stellar. You know what? It was it was Chicago where she was particularly excellent. That's where that's why that one's sticking out in my head, but. Um, that's that's been pretty awesome to see that there's there'll be some more competition back there on the back line. People like her and, and Holloway coming into the fold. Now, Katie Lund's kind of gotten the uh, gotten the, the goalkeeper number one position. How how's she been um, in your books? Because I know your your father was a goalkeeper, so I'm think I'm thinking you're pretty well attuned to judging the quality of a keeper. <laughs> I've definitely heard my fair share about goalkeepers. That's you know for sure. <laughs> But I love Katie Lund. And my, my dad was joking. He said that, you know, if you're a goalkeeper, you got to be kind of crazy. And she's, <laughs> she's got that in her. I mean, the way she comes out and the way she makes herself big in the goal to save, to come out and block off the angle. I mean, it's, it's incredible. I think there's, there's like one play that like comes to my mind every time I say this. It was like inside the box, the ball is bouncing. And she comes out and just makes herself huge. And there was no way that they were going to score there. And there was no other defense back except for her. And she makes this huge save. And I, I just, 
I think she is a wonderful goalie. I'm excited to watch her. She's fun to watch. She commands her goalie box. She has such great leadership in there. I think she is the perfect keeper for us. I know there's a lot of hard feelings when, uh, when, when racing parted way with Michelle Betis with a lot of fans, but uh, I think those, and those concerns were probably kind of quickly washed when, when we've seen the performance of, of Katie Lund, because it's kind of been, it's been hard to deny how quality that she's been. And we only saw a little bit of that last season, particularly with the, uh, with the first challenge cup, but like excited to have her in the back. So, um, Zach, did you have any, any additional questions for Casey on the, on the challenge cup, or did you want to pivot to grill and her about her time, her broadcasting work? <laughs> I want to get into some behind the scenes on, on how games are called. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. So, so oh, it's really thrilling. Let me tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so where, where do you call the games from typically? So typically we call almost every game from inside the press box at Lynn family stadium. And that includes away games. So that means that we are watching the away game either on a TV or on my, like a computer screen and okay. calling it based on that. Um, there's only a few times where there have been events going on at the stadium where we'll have to go to the studio at ESPN and call the games there. But we, have, we don't travel with the team, unfortunately. I would love to. I keep trying to tell them, like, let us at least go to one. Can we pick a game to go to? <laughs> How about the Tona was- this year? I, well, I was like, maybe that San Diego trip would have been nice. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. But no, we, we call them all from the press box. So you can see us up there. We're about two down from where you can hear Lance, where Lance sits. So it's pretty neat. I didn't realize that it actually took place in there. I assumed that maybe you were like in the, uh, in, in the studio or whatnot. I'm assuming, have you had any problems with like, if you're like having the watch on your computer, like if it buffering or if the stream is kind of doing it's a unreliable I, thing? I would be so nervous about losing internet. <laughs> There's been a few times where it's like cut off or the wonderful camera work of the oh, away people, you know, how they're like zoom in and fixate like on one person and something's happening, but we have no idea what. And so we're trying to like, keep people involved in what's going on in the game without actually knowing what's going on in the game or like the camera will lag behind and we're like, we're really plastic to somebody, but we don't know who that is. The, the, Charleston, game, the Charleston game felt like the camera person was what was like watching the game on a five second delay. Cause they were always yes. like where the ball was five seconds ago and not where oh, it is now. It so tough. So if you imagine your frustration when you're watching it and it's delayed or they're like zooming in, then picture us trying to talk about the game and the frustrations that we have. Oh man. Um, now, how did you, how did you first get, get started with this gig? I don't even know that I know that you're like origin story with the broadcasting. So it was a couple of years back and um, I got a call from people at L, and they needed someone to call the UK L women's soccer game. And I was a nervous wreck, but I was like, I mean, I guess I can. Like, I know I, I hate UK because of playing at UofL, so it's going to be fun. And my sister was playing for UofL at the time, too. So, like, I knew all about um, the team. I knew kind of the style of play that Karen liked to play. And I knew about UK, too, because they had the same coach. I knew some players on that team as well. So, I was like, okay, like, I can easily do that. 
And so from that point on, I, they kept calling me back for more games. And I was like, well, okay, I'm literally just sharing my thoughts and opinions. I guess it's okay. And they called me back for the next year. And I ended up doing that for about a year and a half. And then um, I think I subbed or something for somebody on the radio. And that following season, they asked me to come on and do the color commentating. And it's just been really fun because it's a, I get to talk about what I love. So I get to talk about soccer, which is like my favorite thing. And I get to share like my thoughts about the game and the fact that people like it and enjoy it is even better. Yeah. You were, you really like just stumbled into it, huh? You see, you had no, no angle, no like end objective to be doing that line of work. I had no, no idea about media and people were like, Oh, like, don't you have like a broadcasting or like, did you study it? And I'm like, no, I don't really know what I'm doing or anything like that, but I just know that I really like it. So it's something that I want to continue to do if I can. So it just kind of, kind of happened and I've just been rolling with it because it's been so much fun and it's been such a great journey. I've gotten to meet really great people, work with some awesome people. And so it's just been awesome. I mean, really. A fun adventure. Yeah. It's, it makes it a lot easier when it's like subject material you feel really confident about. Then the only thing you have to worry about is like, the being like being on the radio talking live sort of element of things and not like trying to scramble and think about what you're going to say. Well, teaching helps with that. Let me tell you, having to be able to like think on the spot and like really edit what I say to where I'm not like cussing out the player or something, or, you know, I don't know, saying something inappropriate uh, teaching has helped with that because I can't really do that in my day job either. And so it's, it's, not really hard or it comes naturally to try to fill the space of talking so it's just kind of kind of what i'm used to very cool i'm glad that um it's kind of cool you also got to start with the rivalry matchup with that uh, uk yeah. match yeah and i've actually gotten to call a game for uk so i can't say i hate them that much it was, so i actually had so much fun calling that game it was a great time so I mean, I would be open to calling more, calling almost any game. I'll take any game I can get, really. Now, I, I, I thought you mentioned you did some work with the, um, the ACC network. So that, does that mean, have you done, done other conference games ex, um, beyond Louisville and I guess like UK, like you just mentioned? Yeah, so my main work has been with the UofL women's soccer team. Um, I've done that. I have called all the games for them on the ACC network extra. So it's been cool to get to see a couple of the keepers. Like I got to see Hillary Beal play. I got to see uh, Jalen Howell play because they played against Louisville that past season. So I got to see them kind of a little preview before coming to racing. So like, it's been cool to see that and watch some of the players develop. Um, outside of UofL, the only real game I've called has been for UK. I called okay. one of their NCAA tournament games, which was really cool. It was uh, me and another girl. So it was like an all-lady game calling a men's soccer game so that was a lot of fun pretty cool that's awesome is it yeah. um, how different is it you know like calling the louisville city games and the ul games you you get used to like calling the same team over and over i mean you have the away team to adjust to but what was it was it tough calling the uk game where it's not it's two teams that you're not typically doing week in week out it was more difficult because I definitely had to do a lot more prep work on the front end. So like for the Blue City games now, like I pretty much know a lot of the players. And so I don't have to read up as much on Blue City, whereas I'm now focusing most of my time on learning about the other team. Whereas for that game, I didn't know really anything about either team. And so I was having to do double the amount of research. And it was my first time 
working with the SEC network. And so I wanted to make sure that I like made a good impression and everything. So I really wanted to be prepared. And so it took a little bit more time on the front end to try to figure out, you know, their lineups, what they like to play, uh, who their leading scorers were, you know, just basic facts. So that way I can make sure that when I was calling the game, I knew who the majority of the players were and kind of who were the people to watch. What is your prep work like for like a typical Louisville City game? You said it's mostly focused on the away team. Do you keep like a cheat sheet in front of you for like things you want to mention during the broadcast? So um, on every broadcast on the back of paper, I write out their like formation. And then at the bottom, I'll like jot down notes. But usually I like to watch video of how the other team plays. And that's kind of how I come up with the keys to the game. I watch um, like their formation, kind of how other teams break them down, how other teams found success against them and how I think that Lou City would be able to do that. I watch um, how they are successful, how they score. I try to go back at least and watch two or three games of highlight reels to understand the style of play that they like to play. And then, then that helps me come up with my keys on how I think Lucidity is going to best be able to break them down, what Lucidity needs to do to win, kind of where our areas of weakness are and go from there. Do you ever have trouble with like player name pronunciation? I think that's the thing that would scare me the most. Like you see a name. 100%. 100%. <laughs> it is like my worst nightmare because <laughs> I always feel bad if I mispronounce someone's name because I just think that a name is so important and, you know, it's a, it's an identity factor. It's who you are. And so I, they, luckily they have pronunciation guides, but I always ask Jeff before I'm like, okay, how are you going to say this name? Cause I'm just going to say it how you're going to say it. And then like on my paper, instead of writing their actual name, I write down the pronunciation of the name. And so that way, when I go to like read it, I'm not trying to like sound it out again or figure it out. I just read straight up like the pronunciation version of it. So if somebody saw your notes, it'd look pretty crazy. How, how it would look started. all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would not make much sense, but it makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that part would freak me out because I feel like I, I do a really good job of butch, butchering names. So you're more cut out well, for the most, radio work. <laughs> most teams do have a pronunciation guide. And then usually if we have like some sort of questions, like last game, there was a guy who pronounced his name different than what it's in the pronunciation guide. And they came and like told us how to say it. Um, or we've YouTubed a lot of names to figure out how to say it, gone back and like tried to look it up. There was one team, I can't remember. I think it was for UK. They actually had the players saying their own name. And I was, I was gonna like, mention- this is great racing on their pronunciation guide it's actually all the players reading off their own names which is really helpful because then you get it from the source yes it's wonderful and then you can actually hear how to say it and so i'm a big component of um, teams doing that so that's really really helpful i don't think i've seen that that's really cool yeah i like that idea yeah if you go to like the media page for racing they've got like a link to every player reading off their own name they get Hmm. the pronunciations Good deal. Yeah, I don't think I've uh, looked over that one before. So, all right. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's dive into the season to be for, for racing level. We were kind of talk- started. Yeah, we've kind of talked a little bit about the Challenge Cup and, and a little bit about the roster, but let's talk about and get th- thoughts on how they're going to perform this year. So, hang tight. We'll be right back. Does this ever happen to you? Do you ever get sick of listening to the same old sports radio, Mount Rushmore this, Hot Seat that, 
the same rehashed old musty takes you've been hearing for years. Does it send you into a fit of rage, causing you to lose control of the steering wheel, crashing into a vehicle, leading to you being late to a big meeting at work, which leads to your ultimate firing and downward spiral of your life? Does this ever happen to you? Don't send your life into a downward spiral. Do what thousands of others are already doing. Listening to the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Louisville football, basketball, women's basketball, baseball, Louisville City and racing Louisville soccer, Louisville culture, and so much more. State of Louisville Podcast Network and stateofluisville.com. Real fans' opinions for real fans like you. And welcome back to the Vamos Marauders podcast. We are now going to talk about the 2022 regular season for racing. So let's kick it off real broad. Casey, how do you think the team's going to do this year? I really, I truly do think it's going to be better than last year. I think that uh, we will have chances to win more matches. I think there could be potential for playoffs. I think it really just kind of comes down to how all these new pieces gel and kind of what Bjorkgren brings in for the style of play. Cause I don't think we've truly seen exactly what he wants to do with this team or how they want to play. And so I think there's still a lot of unknowns, but I think the potential is definitely there. And then, you know, looking at the other teams in the league, it definitely bodes in racing's favor to be a successful season for them. Now, looking at the other teams in the league, which teams are, do you feel pretty confident that, at least talent-wise, racing level is better than? Okay. Uh, that, I think for sure there's a couple teams that are in rebuilding years. Um, and so I think that racing has a chance to surprise some of them. And one of them being Orlando pride, they started, they, they always had talent and they're, they're just such a frustrating team because they always had talent, but they never actually performed. But now they, they traded away Ashton Harris, Allie Krieger, Allie Riley, Alex Morgan, Taylor Korniak, Phoebe McLaren, like all of their like core players, they traded them away. And so they are in a complete rebuild this season. And so I think that it's going to be a big process for them to rebuild. And therefore, I think they're not going to be as strong. So I think racing definitely has a chance to surprise them. I think Houston Dash is a questionable team as well. They are also kind of fallen short of expectations year in and year out. Um, I mean, we did see them some in the Challenge Cup. But I, I think the Challenge Cup is just kind of like a sneak peek. It's not really the full team. But I mm. think that racing could surprise Houston Dash. Angel City is another one. They struggled a lot in the Challenge Cup. And I don't think that they have clicked yet. And maybe they won't. Maybe they will. But it's, they don't have as many big names, so to speak. So I think that they are kind of building their team. And with respect to them, too, also San Diego. I think those are the big games where racing can really look to surprise you know, those expansion teams, teams looking to rebuild, definitely games that are must-wins on the schedule. Yeah, I think definitely ra- racing. I mean, we went through it last year. It's very hard to be an expansion team. So yeah. racing definitely yes. should finish higher than both of the expansion teams. I um, would hope so. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, it, it would be disappointing if, well, I mean, unless one of the expansion teams goes on a run and has a really good season that, you like 
that that's like a that should be an achievable goal. So that would put us like theoretically, if we were to beat them, and if the standings kind of ranked out based off teams that were were better than about eighth or so, which is just missing out on playoffs, but but pretty darn close. I think, like, I mean, it's the Challenge Cup. It's kind of preseason. That everyone only played teams in their group, but mm-hmm. I think they're like, I think they were seventh overall in points through the whole challenge cup. So I, I think kind of right, like fringe playoff right along there. Like if you just played the rest of the season out, that seems about, about right. Certainly can't. Yeah, I definitely think that. that's, no, that's a good predictor. And I think looking across the board, looking at the other teams, you know, results in the challenge cup, I think racing is sitting pretty good so far, especially since we still don't have a full roster. We're still trying to figure it out with new players. I think it's, you know, a pretty positive outlook. Yeah, I would say if they if they made the playoffs this season, I would be extremely happy about that. I think that would be a, a huge win for the season. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be incredible. Now, are there any particular matches that you have circled on the schedule for for various re- reasons? I mean, I think the one of the most obvious ones comes down. This is from the announcement today with today. the Orlando Pride. I think that one's so cool getting to play at Daytona on July 3rd at eight o'clock. That's going to be a really, really fun one. And like I said, Orlando is in a building year. So that could be a really good win and a good moment for racing, a good resume builder to be able to have that and be able to play in that environment. That's one. I'm Get to watch a chance the rapper concert, then watch the game. Right. I mean, it's going to be such a cool environment, but I think, I think overall the schedule is good, but I'm also most excited too about the women's cup coming again. I know it's not really the regular season, but oh, we'll count it. We'll count it. So much fun. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Because the women's cup was great. <laughs> and there's going to be even more teams. It's going to be yeah, even more, more games this year. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad that they're, they're mixing it up like with the opponents and stuff as well. Expanded the format. So it's, it's going to be really I like interesting. That we get to, to see some more games from the international teams. Cause it's yeah. like, those are the teams we don't get to see often. So more games from them, I, I'm very happy about. And there's something about watching a match like as a neutral, like a little bit, I guess, stress relief in a way. Like if, if, it, if the game goes lopsided one way or another, like you're not getting too stressed up or worked up about it. Like, well, in the chill I mean, and watch. The Japanese teams don't come over here and play often. So it's like a big deal to get to mm-hmm. see Tokyo come. Cause that's like that. They're like the big mystery for me. Cause they, they, pretty much exclusively play in like their league. You don't get to see them outside of there much. So uh, that's like a, a big deal. Find out where they stack. Yeah. Very cool. Now um, I just lost my train of thought. Well, I'll mention. So more than any particular matchup, I'm very excited to see like a balanced schedule this season. I think that's, that's always a big deal for me in soccer to like, it makes the regular season champion mean so much more when like everyone plays home and home with everyone else and you have a balanced schedule and uh so i'm really looking forward to to seeing that play out this year and hopefully moving forward that's the thing they can keep up as they add teams now i didn't ask this one earlier and i should have kind of what have been your your early impressions of of coach kim as the coach and i guess the kind of style of play he's been trying to implement overall in the field I mean, so far, I've, I've really liked him. I think that he 
he knows the game well. I think that he still has is trying to figure out the different players, but I like that he plays a high-press style of soccer. I think it's very entertaining to watch, um, and it's also really exciting to play in. I like the attacking mindset that they have, kind of that full drive. They're trying to get the ball and just run at you. Um, again, it's very exciting to watch, and I think it's going to – lead to great results once the players get more comfortable with that style once they're able to figure it out but no I mean overall I've been very pleased I'm excited to see kind of how he grows and develops throughout the season because he is new to the NWSL there's a lot of different teams there's a lot of different playing styles in the NWSL and so I'm excited to see how he develops as a coach and how the players kind of grow with him throughout the season because it is a long season there are a lot of games and things change throughout the season. And so how do they adapt to that change? How do they respond to adversity? Um, but I think he said it best and he said, I'm still not happy with how they're playing last game. It shows that he's not just kind of here to play soccer. He's here to win games, win championships. And that's what I like. I like how, how confident he's been since like day one about particularly about scoring more goals. It was yeah. almost like an afterthought. Like, oh, we're going to score more goals. Like that's, yeah, we, we know that. Like, and so I, I appreciate that confidence. And when, when you're talking there, one, one part you kind of made me think of is that he's still going to have growing and, and learning particularly to do. Like, I, I, I guess it fully has it click for me. He's not coached in the NWSL before. Right. And there's going to be, I guess, intricacies of that that's going to be new to him as well. Part of his it's growth. a totally this is his, different league. Yeah, it's his first exposure to the league. And I, and I think that's an easy thing to forget since we get so fixated on the – on the, on the player element of things. So that's fun food for thought there. Um, uh, do you think, um, so do you think we're still waiting on two players to come, but do you expect we'll see any more roster moves or you think this is probably the roster we have for the season? I mean, I don't know for the entire season, but I think definitely starting out, this is who, who we will start out with. I think, if there are injuries or, you know, other extenuating circumstances, I could see them trying to sign some different players, maybe bring up some players from that, the USL team that we're going to have, the USLW league that is coming. I don't know if many people know about that, but that's going to have some good talented players and they could be bringing talent up from that as well. There's also academy players that could be brought up throughout the season. And so I think this will be the main core I think it'll depend, uh, like I said, injuries. If a player gets hurt, maybe we need to bring in another player to fill that role. But um, it's a pretty deep roster, and it's a pretty big roster. Yeah. Now, now for how long, how long do you think it takes like a, a coach like him to kind of assess what he has when he enters a new team? Like, do you think after the Challenge Cup that's been sufficient time for him to know, like, who's part of his plans, maybe who's not so much? Or is that something that is still kind of probably an ongoing analysis? It's definitely an ongoing analysis, but I think from the Challenge Cup, he was able to pick out who he thinks are going to be the best ones moving forward and who are going to be like his starters moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way or it's going to be permanent. This is what we're going to do for the rest of the season. But he has to do with what's working right now and who's playing well right now. So maybe that means that the style of play is a 4-4-2 right now because that's the players that are playing well Mm -hmm. and that's the formation that's working with those players. But maybe three games in, he realizes that, oh, player B is really stepping it up. They need to be in that roster. Now we have to play a 4-3-3. And so it's going to be very fluid because we do have so many 
talented players in such depth that I think will be able to afford to do things like that. And I do think that with soccer, nothing's ever set in stone. And I, that's what I like about it is that you can always prove yourself and you can always get better. And so I think the players are really going to be fighting for the starting spot because I think almost any player on our bench could be a starter. Yeah. I was, the, the depth is kind of a new element from, at least for me to kind of wrap my head around with this team, because it felt like last season we, we might've had a starting team. And if something else was awry, it was kind of like, not not an ideal situation but now we're more so in the place where it doesn't feel as what's the right word painful that sounds mean right you get what i'm saying no but i understand like when you have (laughs) to make a sub you're like oh who are we bringing on like is the level going to drop what's going to happen yeah and i feel like if we make a sub i don't think the level's really going to drop in many areas Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of like rotations and stuff for example like uh ebony hadn't um hadn't been a regular starter in, in this preseason and knowing you can have somebody of her caliber coming off the bench is a, is a pretty cool thought. You know, we haven't, we haven't had even players like Nadia in, in the mix. Exactly. Yet, so. yeah, at some point this season, we should be getting her back. That's a big, That's a big depth. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of firepower yeah. and a lot of, and probably a good boost for, for team morale as well. She seems like the kind of person that's good just to have around the team. She's like the type of person I feel like I just want to hang out with or just be next to, you know, just like be in the same room with, because maybe like some of her positivity and just like wonderfulness will rub off or something. <laughs> yeah. I've only heard uh, her glowing things from her. And I'm really glad that we have her as a, an ambassador for the, for the team in the city as part of the mix. So I'm really eager to see her get back into the fold. Um, what have you made of uh just mcdonald's addition to the the team thus far she seems like that was a real huge get for the team and already paid off instant dividends oh yeah i think she's a great addition to the team not only does she bring like a lot of talent but she brings leadership out there and experience and there are so many young players on the team that when you can kind of have a leadership role in each position in the field we got Gemma Bonner at center back I think of Nadia Nadine more as an attacking mid or a midfield player than more of a forward so you have her in the middle of the field and then you can bring Jess McDonald on that front line I mean that's a solid leader in every single position like right down the middle of the field so I think that that is a great 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 signing she also brings um, some size up top too she's got a lot of height and she has the ability to hold up the ball really well and then just her drive to score and her smarts in and around the box are something that a lot of the the younger players can really learn from yeah with the with the leadership component i think one one big advantage we have this season over last is that we didn't start with so much leadership we kind of acquired over time you know we had michelle Bados and then uh mccaskill and then you know eventually we got bonner eventually we got nadia but now i feel like we're just starting with a lot more and that that has to really help particularly with, with still the number of youngsters that we have on the team, having those guiding lights there. Yeah, it helps with team chemistry and it also helps set the example in the locker room because they're able to say, this is the way we play, this is who we are, and they have role models to show that. Last year we were trying to build that, we were trying to get that going, but it's hard when there was so much change and people were just constantly being added and the leadership was being added later. It's hard for somebody brand new to come in and be like, this is what we're doing. This is how you play. 
Whereas this year it's already established. And so That's they're able point, to, yeah. to grow on it. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even think of it like that way, but yeah, that's only well, good and, positives. And with, I think just with play style, Jess has been a really good addition too. Cause you mentioned the high press. I thought like pr- particularly she's been really good in the press and the games I've watched her in this season. Um, so like having someone in a leadership position up top that also really fits the style of play the team wants to play is a big deal. That's super helpful. And when they're, that talented when they can kind of help drive the rest of the team forward. That helps as well too. Yeah. Now an- another individual I want to kind of ask you about and their impact on the team is Addison Merrick since yeah, she was on the team last year, but I think what she played maybe 60 cumulative minutes, just, just due to the unfortunate injuries that she's had. I know it seemed like she was somebody that the t- uh, club was quite high on when we had first acquired her, but we didn't really get to see that. Um, I guess what do you what do you make of her position with the team now? Do you think we've got her back to to full power? I think she's still getting back to full power. I think that she is a very talented player, but in the game she was kind of moving a little too slow on the ball. Her decision making wasn't as quick and sharp as I thought it should have been in some instances, and that just comes with playing games. That comes with being back into the rhythm, back into the flow. And so I think once she's able to pick up her speed of play a little bit, she's going to be a huge asset because she does have the ability to play that center back position or an outside back position. I think she could even play as a defensive mid too if needed. So she's kind of very flexible with that. But I, I, I'm really excited to have her back because I, it felt so bad for her all last season. You know, she like finally comes back from her back injury and then she gets hurt again with an ankle injury. And it's just like, such dumb luck. And so I'm hoping that this season is a good positive start. She's able to start it healthy and finish off the year that way. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a tough road between her, her talent and her flexibility. Like that's pretty awesome thing to have on the team. And I, the more I think about it, that's, I don't feel like last season we had a ton of flexibility. A lot of the players that we have were very much like in their position, which is, which is fine, but on a roster, like somewhere along the way, you need you need several players with some flexibility. And we we have a lot more of that now, which is going to help it's, out a lot. It's such a I, huge asset to have a defender who is as good with the ball at her feet as she is. And so I think definitely moving forward, like as she gets up to up to speed, that that will be a huge uh, huge addition to the team. Yeah, because she is so confident on the ball and she is solid in possession. So I think that that's a good benefit. She just has to play quicker and that will come. Now, um, one thing I kind of had heard in this, in, in, in the lead up to this regular season is uh, Ebony Salmon's kind of, at least in, in practice, kind of been hit or miss at times when, and you play in, you play more of an attacking role and I'm sure you've had your, your ups and downs in your career. Like what, when, when you're kind of in a rut like that or in, in, in a patch of inconsistency, what's going like through your mind and how do you, how do you battle back from something like that to get to the level that you know, you can be at? It can be really frustrating, especially when like, you know, I was a forward and my job was to score goals. And so if I wasn't scoring goals and, you know, I felt like I wasn't contributing to the team or doing what I needed to do. And so it can be extremely frustrating when you're not getting the chances, you're missing your shots. And so one thing that uh, really helped me was like always trying to focus on the little details. What are the small things that I can control? And that way I can build up my confidence from there. So like I can control my first touch. 
I can control my movement off the ball. I can control the effort that I put in each game to try to, you know, win the ball, do whatever I can for my team. Those are all things that I can control. And if I was able to do really well with that, then I saw my confidence slowly starting to grow. And as my confidence began to grow, that also then led to better chances, better opportunities. I was playing smarter and then I was able then to get the goal. So just kind of starting small because it is, it is frustrating, but starting with the small things, you can't control if you're going to get 10 shots a game, mm-hmm. but you can control your first touch. You can control how hard you work in that game. And so by working on those things and focusing on that, the other things will come. I guess the, the silver lining with having such a like long lead up to the regular season with the challenge cup is you have the time to kind of work out those kinks. Yes. To practice your, through that. Yeah. You're not, you're not going through the struggle in the regular season. Yes. Kind of yeah. get all that squared away and figured out because everybody's different. So, I mean, that works for me, but maybe that doesn't work for somebody else. A lot of times people go through sports psychologists too. They're mm-hmm. wonderful. I talked to them several times when I was playing because it is nice to share and kind of get things off your chest to figure it out because, everybody has those problems. So to be able to have that type of person is great from maybe talking to somebody like that, but the longer preseason is beneficial because it allows you to figure out what do I need to do to prepare for each game? What do I need to do after each game to make sure that I'm ready for the next one? So that way, when it comes down to season, I'm not trying to play around with it. I know exactly what my routine needs to be. Zach, do you have do you have any additional questions, um, or should I open the floor to Casey for any of her her final final thoughts on on racing and the twenty twenty two? Do some season? predictions. Predictions Dude. are good. Yeah, so we can get them wrong. So all three predict. Yeah, <laughs> we got three chances. So three like, chances. Where, we can, one of us can get it. One of us could get it. So yeah, where where we think racing will finish this season, just based on what we've seen in the Challenge Cup, what 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 place overall in the league. I can go mm. first. Okay, go first because I'm debating between two. Okay, I'm going to go with seventh. I want to play it extremely okay. conservative and just go with <laughs> where they are right right now in the Challenge Cup. So I, I think that's like, that's my baseline. Like if they're below there, I'm probably going to be a little disappointed. If they're above there, I'll be very happy. That was one of my numbers. So I'll go with my other one. I'll say six. I was debating between six or seven because I feel like they will be middle of the pack. I don't think that we are going to be at the top of the NWSL this year, but I really don't think we're going to be at the bottom. I think we'll be a good, steady, middle of the pack team. I think we have a good chance of making the playoffs if we're all able to come together, all the talent. So I'm going to say six. So I was, I was like in the seven, eight range, probably going to say seven, but just so we have a diversity of responses, I'll go ahead and say eighth. I, I think that we're going to, we'll, we'll beat the teams that, that we should be, but I don't, I don't think we'll get as many upsets as we might like to kind of climb up into the, particularly into the, the playoff spots, but I hope I'm wrong. I'm really, <laughs> I'd be happy to be, uh, be um, proven wrong in this scenario, but at the, I, I, at the I end of the like... day, it still feels like ultimately we feel headed for a, a step forward for the team. Yeah. I feel like the top, couple teams are definitely on like a different level than everyone else this year. Just looking at how the results have gone so far. And I don't like uh, barring like a huge amount of growth from a lot of people. I don't, I can't see breaking into that level, but I do think sort of the teams after that top, top level 
I think they can hang with a lot of those teams. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they, I think there's a wide range they could end up in mm-hmm. this year. Absolutely. It's going to be exciting to watch. Well, um, Casey, do you have any, I guess, final, final thoughts on the team in their upcoming season? No, I mean, I just, I just hope that we can get a lot of fans out there, you know, try to go to every home game that you can, because it does make a huge difference when you're out there on the field and, you know, either the stadium's empty or the stadium's full. And when the stadium's full and you have fans there cheering for you, it can really help, especially when you're in those tough matches, especially when you've had a long week of training, having those people come out and watch you and cheer for you. It's, it's awesome. And it feels great. And it makes you want to play even harder. So just my, my big thing is just everybody let's get out there. Let's cheer this team on because it is going to be a special group. Of, of I want to see a sellout so bad. Yes. Let's That's do gonna it. Be so fun. Yep. Let's make now, it happen. Ladies and gentlemen, Casey knows what she's talking about. She's a former player. She can she's firsthand vouching that our presence makes a difference in the stadium. It does. It really, really, really does. No, I and know. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. Like I've been there, I've been on both sides of it, and it's it's crazy being in an empty stadium, just kind of how when you're getting tired, it's like the 80th minute and it's silence versus when you're tired of the 80th minute and you've got like thousands of fans cheering you on. I'm going to run a lot faster when there's thousands of fans cheering me on. Yeah. That adrenaline's going to, so just gonna need carry more people at our old man games. That's, that's, that's all it is. We're <laughs> that's that's yeah. the problem. <laughs> yeah. Where's the grandstands for our match? Yeah. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta get those grandstands installed at the track training <laughs> facility. Now I know one thing I try to do is I'm always trying to bring friends and families to the matches. And I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably one of those people, but if you happen not to be, take somebody out, you never know who's going to go to the match, fall in love and become season ticket holders. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard of, of some of these fans that are now season ticket holders that were once brought by somebody and they didn't know what they're going to think, or they didn't even know about soccer or weren't familiar with it we gave my grandparents our tickets to a game last season that we weren't able to make. And they had like, had never even watched a soccer game before and they had a blast. So. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. I've, um, like whenever my, uh, my brother comes down, I try to get him to go. He, we, he's been to a few at slugger, but he's not made it to Lynn family stadium yet. So I feel like this is going to be the season. So. And like I mean, who doesn't massage. want to go to Lynn family stadium? It's beautiful. Right. It's gorgeous. It's literally my happy place. Like I go there just yeah. to like just soak it in. Like I, I go there to help and set up and I'm, and I'm there till the end for like the post interviews and stuff like that. I just like really drag my feet leaving there. <laughs> so. All right. Well, Casey, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Here and us talking about your broadcasting career, the challenge cup and the regular season to be. Uh, we're excited to to hear more of your work um, on the radio, whether that's the, the the broadcasting or your time on Soccer Hopefully City Radio. Hopefully, get some racing games on the radio on at recently. some point. That's what I'm saying. Let's get the racing games on the radio. We've been trying to get that. It's just an issue with the NWSL. But no, thank you all for having me on. It's been so much fun, and you know, I I love getting to talk about soccer any chance I can. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. That's why Zach and I do this. Gives us an opportunity to shout into the void. I just like talking. <laughs> <laughs> so all right well ladies and gentlemen thank you again so much for for tuning in thank you as always to the state of louisville for hosting this uh podcast if you guys haven't they have a plethora of other uh podcast options you should indulge yourselves in also a lot of written content on the website um as always i'm benton you can find me on twitter at purple sdf 
I'm Zach. You can find me at Zach W. Allen. Casey, you got anything to plug? I'm Casey. You can find me at KSWIT. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. Well, everybody have a good night and uh, go racing. Vamos Lavanda. Bye, all. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.